Hey, good morning. Welcome to the Coffee Break Podcast. Our mission here is to share business practices, ideas, and strategies while we enjoy our morning cup of coffee. I am Chad Lingefeld from Lockdock Security, and today we are excited. It was inevitable. At some point in time, we were going to have this type of podcast, but it only took us 26 episodes to get here. Today, we're talking all things coffee with Chris Berger from Sugar Creek Coffee Roasters, and we're going to get to that in just a few minutes right after Chris hits that intro. We got so much to say, we got a podcast to make, we're sipping on lattes, and it's time for a coffee break. Time for a coffee break. Oh, yeah. Hey, welcome back. We are excited today. Uh, we've already been chatting here just a few minutes before the podcast, and I think this is going to be a really cool one today. It's going to be talking about coffee and communication because Chris is a unique individual. He's got a pretty cool side hustle happening, but he's also... And that's that's your other job. Your your primary sure. is the roaster, right? Oh, <laughs> sure, absolutely. <laughs> He's got a couple of different things happening. Um, and and so one of the cool things we're going to talk about in in a little while is kind of communication in a uh, a corporate environment. Right. Uh, I think that's going to be very valuable. And we're going to talk a lot about coffee. Um, before we get into all of that, though, we do five rapid fire questions to get to know you a little better. Great. Um, and I don't prepare the guests for this because I like it to be very organic. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> so number one, what book are you reading right now? Um, let's see. Book I'm reading right now. Or a podcast you're listening to. Something something that you're growing with. Uh, I am reading Start With Why. That mm. is a really good one. Um, and I think that that really gets into some of the change management things of really explaining why you're doing things before you you really get into the very good very good that that whole that whole movement is pretty wild yeah. I, that's that's a that's a fun topic as a whole how many cups of coffee do you drink in a day oof i would say at least three um maybe four or five depending on kind of the uh <laughs> the craziness of the day yeah but i would say at least three that's, that's pretty good that's a pretty good number uh are you a morning person or a night owl i am more a night owl than a morning person really yeah, yeah. that's why coffee there you go. Uh, if you could instantly be an expert on any subject, what would it be? Oh, wow. That is a good one. Instantly an expert. Um, you know, I would, I would have to go back to just communications, you yeah. know, just more. I'm always a, a learner and just anything communications, if I could know the ins and outs of everything and the psyche of people, yeah, uh, that's really the interesting thing for me, more of the psychology behind it. That, and, and a side note, that is cool to be a student of of the thing that you're doing, right? Like to, to not be like, yeah, I'm, yeah, this is what I do. I'm, I'm an expert at it already, but be a student in that mindset I, all the time. I'm always amazed 20 years in um, the things that, you know, and I th- think about going back 20 years ago, I remember being young and dumb and thinking, oh, I know this stuff. And (laughs) some of my first two or three jobs and just being arrogant about it and now realizing here I am 20 years later and there are still things that come up that I'm learning all the time that better ways of addressing things, better ways of communicating. It's definitely a continual learning process. Cool. And last question, probably the most important. 
Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Dark chocolate, definitely. That's not even a question for me. <laughs> dark chocolate for sure. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for uh, thank you for running through that with us. It's yeah. it's always fun to get to know people a little better. So let's let's do a, a little introduction, sure. uh, who you are, and kind of how we have arrived at this conversation. I, I'm a big fan of origin stories and trying to figure out what what happened. But um, we this this podcast, the Coffee Break podcast, has been really fun to meet new people. It's been an avenue just to meet new people and sure. then learn. It always want to learn something from from the conversation. So, give us a quick little introduction as to who you are. Yeah, so I uh, I have a pretty interesting childhood. I grew up in Holland. Um, my first language was Dutch. I went to a Dutch school. My dad was in the military, and oh. I lived there. And uh, I honestly, I thought I was Dutch until we moved from <laughs> Holland to the United States in uh, in fifth grade and was unceremoniously transplanted into the world of Phoenix, Arizona. So you can imagine going from Dutch, you know, weather, climate, wow. culture, and everything to Phoenix, Arizona, and that was a major shock to me. But I, uh, yeah, I grew, and that's where I end up, honestly, that was my first sip of coffee. I can remember- In lo- Phoenix? It, no, oh, in, in, Holland. in Holland, climbing up on my mom's lap and tasting, you know, her coffee, and I was in love with that. And I always think about that like moment. I can think about it like right now. And um, but you know, yeah. So that's what I my I we after that we pretty much grew up three years three years in different places. Moved from there to uh, let's see, from Arizona to Germany. Spent some time in Germany again, and then from Germany to Louisiana to Louisiana back to Florida. From Florida to North Carolina. Went to school in Oklahoma. Um, it's been all over the place. So everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, and then you landed in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes, I did. So we love it. What brought you here? So I used to work for Walmart in their corporate office and they sent me here to start a global shared service center for them. Okay. And so I was in charge of the training communication, um, everything basically to make a center run. And it was their first center outside of Bentonville, Arkansas, that they had done anything like that. Gotcha. So it was a big deal um, for them doing a startup. They had to go where the talent was. And this is where the talent was, being banking center and things like that. Interesting. And they were consolidating pretty much all the things that were happening in a store, in the back office of a store, to reconcile the books. And they were doing that in one facility. And so got that. I was first of like five, ten people. And when I left, huh. there were over a thousand. So. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So Walmart, you had that that whole a- yeah. a- adventure there, and then your current uh, position, you're with Atrium Healthcare, which is a, a large. Yeah. So Atrium Health is you know uh, the one of the largest integrated systems here in the southeast. Uh, over fifty hospitals now. We just had uh, Navicent Health, which is down in Georgia, making jo- Georgia join us. And so, um, yeah, it, it is a large integrated system that basically provides a wide variety of world class world class services uh, that people travel from all over the world to make sure that they're getting the best care in the world. So, uh, and I lead the corporate communications area. So. Uh, I have a great team that, that I work with to basically share the HML story. Cool. And and I want to come back to that sure. um, later on in our conversation and talk really about change management because that's mm. something that I am just overly intrigued with right now. And so hopefully I can learn something from, from that process of how to communicate change within an organization. So we'll come back to that. But before we do that, I really want to dive into the coffee thing. So, sure. you know, obviously our, our podcast is named the Coffee Break Podcast. And just a, a quick origin story, the reason why we went down that path is because 
and we kind of hit on a little bit before we went on, um, but we had uh, put a coffee machine in our office, an espresso machine, and we were doing pour overs and doing all kinds of stuff. And we just kind of found this neat organic conversation populating in in our office space mm. of of uh, ideas and. Uh, man, we should try this, and it just opened up this whole kind of philosophical debates, and you know who has the best hamburger, and you know maybe this new process that we need to implement in our business, all over the place. And we said we should. This is information that I think we could communicate externally as well that is very beneficial. Um, and so that was the that was the whole startup of the thing. And so it's always been surrounded by coffee. We've just been enamored with it, different brews, different roast, um, and different ways to make coffee for a long period of time. And so so um, it, it's it's a it's a huge kind of um, it's a huge hobby of ours. So yeah. to have you here to talk more about the the actual science behind it is going to be really cool. So tell us a little bit about how you got involved into the coffee. Yeah, so about twenty years ago, uh, I was trying to find some good coffee, and uh, I also do home brewing. Yep. So I was trying to find some good coffee to make a good home 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 brew beer with. Yeah, uh, I couldn't really find anything, and uh, and so. I'd been looking online and uh, and found a little small air roaster. Yep. And started air roasting, and it one thing led to the next, and uh, the more I did that, the more you know neighbors would come over for coffee, and just like you said, coffee has that natural ability to bring people together. Yeah. And and so I I fell in love with that concept as well, and. As neighbors were were asking where could I get some of this coffee, I was like, well, I'm I do it, and and it just started picking up from there. Neighbors, friends, others, and uh, and it really grew into something that uh, that I was like, well, this might be something I could just do on the side and have some fun with. Yeah. And so being um, you know back back when I first started, I started doing marketing and and uh, branding and all this type of you know things that basically promote businesses. And I said, well, you know, if I'm going to do this, and that's probably one of my personalities, I, I try to do it very passionately. Sure. And so uh, and so I got involved and basically had a logo designed and worked with a designer and just kind of went through the whole process to make it legit and uh, do an LLC and all those type of things. And then end up getting a commercial roaster yep. and having the space uh, approved by the Department of Ag here in North Carolina, and it's just been a fun thing since then. That's kind of I do. Um, it's it's still a hobby, but it's 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 like you said, it's a side hustle. Yeah, and uh, and and it's really great because at night or on the weekends, it allows me to kind of decompress. Quite honestly, in a different get my mind off of work yeah. um, that I'm currently on, and then and then kind of do this coffee roasting thing. And and you really need your your all senses working in order to to roast to get that artisan you know, kind of feel of what you're actually brewing. And I do a small batch. That's what I always say. And, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And so what, what really is kind of, uh, driving that thing now? I mean, you, you got into it for the yeah. home brew and now, you, yep. but it's, it's obviously evolved into something else for you. What's, what's kind of continuing that motivation? Yeah, I think there's a couple things for me. I mean, one, it allows me to have just an outlet. Uh, I was I really worried when I first started doing it that it would be, you know, sometimes you hear stories about people that um, they, they had a hobby that they turned into a business. And then they hated it. And then they hated it. <laughs> and the great thing is I have not had that happen. It's been opposite. I'm passionate about kind of like, okay, what's next? Like, what is the, um, what are, what's the trend? What's the next trend? And, uh, and looking at things and, and it's been, it's been just a lot of fun. So the motivation for me is just really 
uh, hearing the great stories about people that enjoy coffee as much as I do, yeah. enjoying the different flavors that they're they're experiencing that they might not have known was even possible through a coffee. And then just learning about coffee in general. Most most people just, it's amazing. They're, what their perception of coffee is, is maybe one of the more popular, you know, coffee places around. And, and, and then they realize there's a whole new world. And I think that's when they also get excited about it, and and they can. It, it, it's just real neat when people come to that realization. Well, it, it's a it's a cool process because, and we were talking about it um, the other day. I think Chris mentioned it. When you go to a coffee shop now, mm-hmm. you know it's not just about the cup of coffee; it's about an experience. And so you've got uh, a place to hang out. You've got mm-hmm. a place to connect with others. Yeah. And and the really good coffee shops actually have really good coffee That's as right. well. So, I mean, you can have a coffee shop without good coffee and still draw people in by the environment. But when you have both, yes. a, a good environment yep. and a good coffee, uh, it's it's something you know next level. Uh, it's very exciting. That's right. Uh, and and one of the, I mean one of the things that I, I found really interesting is um, at one point I was like man I would love to have a coffee shop yeah uh, and um, because of the gathering place and all those type mm-hmm. of things that you talk about um, but for me what I found is my niche really would be supplying coffee places and then creating those relationships yeah because that's a totally different thing and that's been a lot of fun you just get to supply it and then go drink it wherever that's you right. want. That's right. That's Here, exactly I br- right. I brought my own beans. Just go That's ahead right. and roast this up. Yep. That's pretty cool. So what are some of the, the things that you, that if a coffee novice that's just kind of mm-hmm. getting out, what are some things that they need to be mindful of when you're talking about uh, being aware of roast? Because uh, yeah. you, you go if you go to the grocery store, uh, I know you guys do a lot of online mm-hmm. uh, e-commerce stuff. People can go to your website right. and purchase it. Um, but w- when they're looking at all these, even on your website, yeah. you've got several different roasts. Yeah, that's right. How do you differentiate between the the light, medium, and dark, and all the different tones? Yeah, I I think it's really individual preference. I mean, there what what has happened? I think because so many people have grown up on over roasted beans. Um, uh, <laughs> That's that, a nice way to say that. That is yeah. that is um, that they 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 have actually that that is the flavor profile that they like the most. And so uh, until they really change that flavor profile or their personal preference, um, there's no no problem with it. I mean, the consumer, you know, give yeah. them what they want. Yeah. And um, and I think for me, um, you know, the, the things that I usually start with when I'm talking about um, coffee is uh, most people don't know that they are actually seeds. They're not beans, they're seeds. Um, and there's two seeds usually in a cherry fruit mm-hmm. and they come in a shrub. They're, they're, they're in a shrub basically that grows. Um, you think about the equator. All around the equator, that's where this coffee grows. Sure. And so, um, and and so, it's really neat to see that process. Um, and they grow into red cherries. And actually, the the cherry themselves is that's a drink. And you know, some places sell that as kind of a tea. Yeah. Um, and so that's really neat. I mean, so so most people when they start thinking about, oh wait, that that coffee isn't actually a bean. And yeah, you grow coffee by taking that 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 bean and 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 replanting it. You know, yeah, um, it's a seed that you you take. And so, anyways, um, once you get kind of people understanding that it's a little different than and it's green, yeah, and then it has to be roasted. That's how it gets that that color. And then the different varieties. And and you have, um, I love taking people through the whole roasting process and when they can actually see it and hear. Um, the roasting process and see it churn from a green to a yellow to a to a cinnamon color and then it goes into first crack and then um, I I personally think where you're going to get most of your flavor and each bean the cool thing about coffee is each bean has a very specific flavor 
depending on what area of the country or world it was grown in. Sure. All of that depending on acidic, you know, content of the the soil, the you know, the volcanic ash, whatever that was there. Yep. All of those type of things. The altitude has a impact on it, um, and and all of those things come together. And each bean has a roast preference that it actually prefers that would get the most flavor out of it. What a lot of, I'd say, large chain coffee places do is because they have to serve coffee yeah. to millions of people. They have to actually burn the flavor out of it to homogenize that that coffee. Mm. So they buy coffee from wherever they can get their hands on it. And just make and, it, try to make it all taste the same. That's it. And so they actually burn out the flavor profile that makes that bean special. And that's what I'm trying to accentuate. I'm trying to accentuate the actual flavor in that specific bean from that part of the world. That's very interesting. We've had that conversation a lot. There's, there is a, a large national chain that we will not mention. That, <laughs> right. That's like... <laughs> And, and I used to be addicted to it. And then once you get uh, opened up to other roasts, it's like, ah, this tastes burnt and nasty, you know? And it, yeah. and it's a, so now going back to that, yeah. you, you said that a lot of people have developed a flavor profile based off of over-roasted coffee. So right. you're saying from a light, medium, and a dark roast mm-hmm. as the dark the dark roast is more of a burnt roast. Uh, for those that um, that buy at, a co- at, at like a grocery store, yeah. I find that they are content with um, burnt coffee. And uh, those that like specialty coffee, which is what we're in the kind of the, the, the area of specialty coffee, uh, they prefer the more medium roasts. Gotcha. So there are some beans though, like a Sumatra or you know that area of the country, Indonesian, that actually the, the bean tastes much better when it's darker roasted. Yeah. So th- it, it, that's what I usually try to work with people on their f- flavor profile. If they come to me and say, hey, I like it really dark. It's like, okay, let's find a bean that actually can accentuate some of those flavors at the dark side. Gotcha. That makes that makes perfect sense. Uh, there's there's I, This is probably a conversation that could go on for hours and hours and hours. Um, for that specific information, uh, and as far as being able to get a hold of yeah. some of your roast, tell tell the folks where they can get a, a hold of you. Sure. So sugarcreekcoffee.com. That's the site, and you can find out more about us. Um, the you know the different people that we support the and and it's it's also it's a really cool. I think one of the things that I've enjoyed with it is we're using it to support lots of different ministries, different things out there that um, that are already existing. It's it's a, it's just a really neat way to um, to help others out. Um, and uh, I'm blessed with this because I don't. It, it like I said, it's still a hobby for me. Sure. I, it's not my full time gig and. I don't, and so people can go there, look at the different roasts. One of the cool features I added to the to the order option is a you know you can order light, medium roast depending on how you like your coffee. Gotcha. If you want to let me choose as the roaster, um, I you, there's a selection on there where you can actually choose to basically say, hey, roast it at at a roaster's. Um, whatever the roaster thinks should that coffee Roaster's should be preference, at. yeah. That's exactly right. That's pretty cool. So yeah. it's, it's very custom small batch type 100, coffee. 100%. That's my whole deal. It's like I will work with whoever. Uh, in the Charlotte area, you get free delivery. Um, in the outside of the Charlotte area, you know, it's a small shipping fee. And, uh, and I'll, you know, you tell me how you liking it. If you like it a little darker, I'll make that note. And next time you order, it'll be a little darker. So very artisanal and very... Um, you know, custom small batch for, for each person. And that's what we're actually drinking this morning. So made a siphon brew for you. I've got a pour over. And what, what is the, the bean that we're on now? This is from Honduras. It's an organic. I'm slowly trying to switch everything over to organic just because, you know, that's another small little known 
um, fact is that coffee is actually one of the more uh, pesticide and and you know laden um, things out there. Just because you think about those those third world countries, which sure. are around all the equator um they they're trying to yield as much out of their crop as possible but if i can find organic that tastes really good at a good price then I'm trying to switch over to that all right so let's switch hats sure all right so we're going to switch hats off Perfect. of the coffee roaster um as much as i want to talk about that forever <laughs> and ever, i think there's a really no, another conversation that's going to be really uh in, impactful as well um so in your corporate gig uh, your 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 daily job mm-hmm. you uh are communication uh, ma- managing communication yes. for a, a large corporation um in your in this sense it's a hospital but i think that um from some of the stuff we were talking about earlier there's some things that are irrelevant of the industry but mm-hmm. there's there are practices that uh that are that are Im- impactful when it comes to communicating internally within your organization and communicating your story externally yeah so i would like to dive into it a little bit uh, one of the things that you uh, list on your linkedin profile and i've seen a couple other places is that you uh are in charge of change management yeah. so define change management for for our listeners so change management in the simplest terms is really um, sharing the right message uh, to the right group of people at the right time. And I would now add a third or fourth part in there with the right channel or right delivery mechanism. Yeah. Because I think that's a really big component right now that a lot of companies are missing. They're sharing the right message. They're sharing it at the right time. They're sharing, they're doing the cascade right and they're using the right people. Um, the problem is they're not actually reaching, especially with millennials, they're not reaching them with the right modality. So it is a very important thing. But basically, it's getting people, uh, when usually the higher up in a company you go, and that's where the decisions are made, right? The decision is made, and then let's implement this big, wide sweeping change or whatever, or sure. even a small change. Um, let's say, let's just talk about an organizational, um, change of some type of announcement where we're saying this leader is going to be moved over here or this leader is no longer going to be here or whatever. They or, send or, a, or a new process or exactly, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that message goes out and it's really, how do you help get your team, uh, to be able to function better than it was even before that announcement came out or, or at the very least at the same level? So it's interesting, and to to kind of talk into, I think, where you're headed with this, I I had this realization, uh, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago Mm -hmm. of... Um, I would get really ramped up about a new idea that we were going to be implementing. And it had been something we'd been working on behind the scenes for a long period of time. And then all of a sudden we would have a team meeting about it. And I'd be like, all right, this is what we're going to do. Cool. Everybody's excited. And walk out of the room. And then a day later, everybody's forgotten what I said. And I was like, Man, this was the the coolest thing ever, you know. Um, and yeah. and you were mentioning something about that yeah. earlier. What what is why is yes. why is that the case? Well, what happens is you are the one that's most excited about it, or or you're the one most familiar with it. And and every person, and this was getting to before with, I would love to know more about the human psychology and everything. That's what I'm uh, kind of a student of right now. Is is the uh, everybody goes through a change curve, yep. and it's it's scientific. It's absolutely proven. It's like the the, the stages of grief, so to speak. Um, but it's basically when announcement is made, everybody kind of starts with you know the understanding of what's happening, and then they go through comprehending it in their mind and thinking about how does this affect me? How does this affect my team? How does this affect my family? And go through all those things, and that actually leads to kind of a valley, and that valley. Um, is you know kind of you're going through like uh, all these thoughts in your mind 
And until you can grapple with everything and kind of come to grasp with what's happening and come out of that valley, um, then you then then you're on the upswing. What typically happens is um, the ones making the announcements, the zone on leadership positions, already on the other side of that valley. They're actually on a mountain high, yeah. you know, because they're gone ho at this that. point. Yeah. They've gone through it. They're on the high. They're ready to charge, but their people are in that valley. Mm-hmm. And that's where the disconnect is because they haven't done a good job of going, you know, that whole explaining the why. Yep. They haven't done a good job of explaining the why. And they haven't done a good job of connecting why this isn't really important for everyone. And um, and the job really with change management is to get them to that curve as soon as possible so that they can end up being on that mountain high with them and charging and getting all that, getting whatever they need to do. Company profits hugely impacted by this a lot of times because people absolutely are stuck in that valley and nobody helps them get, get them out. So what are some things, some practical things that people can do to help that process and help, help walk people through that valley? Yeah, I think that's where communication comes in. I mean, uh, a lot of times what it, what it ends up being is just very um, practical communication through uh, lots of different forms. That's what I was talking about earlier of uh, it depends on the, that new, like if it, I, I really feel like with large corporations, if you have some type of employee app, that's huge because you can share those stories. You can share the successes that you're already seeing yeah. um, and, and they have it in their hand and you can push notification just like you would if you were as part of any other app. You know, you can do lots of things like that. So, so essentially what you're saying is taking practical stories of how it's been implemented right. or where the success is happening in that implementation so that you can really digest it as how it applies to me. Yeah, and I think it's at different levels too because the message has to be tailored to each audience. So if you're a supervisor, you want to know how you can talk to your team. So it's it's really important to be able to to first get the message to supervisors, let them chew on it, and that's typically when you talk about a communication cascade in change management, you want to get with the supervisors first to help them get through that change curve fast, sure. right? Then they can share that message with their team and so it's a it's 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 a progression of getting everybody through that as fast as possible. So let me ask you a question on this from a communication yep. standpoint because you've you've been in this world for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I've I've been intrigued with is the way that people receive information, and one of the ways that I've I've kind of um, laid it out from my perspective, and I'd be interested on your thoughts on it. How how uh, how you've seen it in sure. play, but people typically um, have have been receptive to either verbal communication written or visual. And very oftentimes it's only one of those three. So when you're communicating to a vast audience, how do you address the different ways that people, because if you, if you just write a press release Mm -hmm. document, you're not going to hit everybody in the loop. That's right. How are you addressing all the different uh, ways of communicating? I think it, it, it it is a matrix of communications. That's the best ones that need to happen. With my teams, um, I call it a time and action plan, a tap. Everybody's like, need a tap for this? I was like, yes, we need a tap for this. I'm very (laughs) process driven. So it's a, uh, but it's a time and action plan. So clearly lists out the sequence of events and how, and it's never a, that's the problem with a lot of times they're thinking, okay, I sent the memo out. Mm -hmm. Why didn't everybody get this? Yeah. Uh, verbal communication is going to beat all types of communication, right? It, it is absolutely needed, but not all supervisors are going to feel comfortable sharing a message that maybe the CEO is delivering. So it's really important that the CEO stay at the right level and share the information. And then other people kind of get into the weeds of what that actually means. Okay. And then, um, and then going down from there. Mm-hmm. But I would say town halls, 
you know, if you're a smaller company, just that verbal, here's what this means for you specifically, again, and the, again, that start with why is really important. Why is the change important? Because I think once people can grasp their mind of, okay, this is why we have to do this, they can get behind it. So I think you bring a very valid point. Um, Some of of the things that we've seen successful in our organization is when we're going to implement a change and we uh, get a hold of uh, kind of a core leadership team Mm -hmm. and we say, hey, this is what we're thinking about doing, you know, get feedback, kind of process that through. And then we go, okay, so we've now agreed this is the action that we're going to take and let that simmer for maybe a couple of days or a week. Yeah, and then once the uh, announcement is made more widespread, yep. then and I think this is kind of what you're saying. I'm just processing it through on on a practical mm-hmm. small business application yes. that those that core leadership team then can say to to the people that they're directly involved with. Yeah, so this is what was said, and this is what it means. That's exactly right, and and I think being available to answer the questions is so important because everybody's going to have tons and tons of questions about all of those type of things. So making yourself available. Um, we had a concept at Walmart code coaching by walking around and, and during, after every major change, it was really important that we had made supervisors available more than normal gotcha. walking around and talking to their people. Hey, what do you think about this? And I would say one key thing is make people feel like, you're bringing them along in the process as opposed to this is the di- dictator, you know, this yeah, is yeah. this is what's been pushed down and you got to do this. If you can bring them along in the process and have them be part of it and still open to tweaks along the way, yeah. that's, that's a beautiful thing. Because once, just like, I don't know, in school, a lot of times the first day of school, the teacher would be like, okay, we're going to come up with a set of rules. And they would engage the class in what those rules are. Teacher already knew sort of what they, what the rules were going to be, but they were making the students feel like they were part of the rule making process. And that way they were. And I think that's the same thing when you're doing change. If there's a way that there can be improvements along the way that, that, that employees are part of. And because again, like employees typically are your best ideas. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm a firm believer, and I, we've seen it in success in a lot of different ways here. We've had we've we've tried it both ways and mm-hmm. seen, seen different results, but I, I refer to it as kind of soft-pitching out an idea, getting feedback, tweaking it, yes. soft-pitch again. And so I, I'll do that half a dozen times before we actually implement a change because I'm wanting to say, hey, this is a direction that I think we're going, but I know that there's there's – pitfalls in it or there's there's holes that I haven't kind of thought through poke holes in it tell yes. me and then let's fix it and, and go forward 100% I think that's the importance of I mean I always talk about a diverse team and the importance of a diversity of thought is so important because a lot of people hire robots just like themselves mm. that doesn't work if you're trying to get a well-rounded view people yeah. that can see around the corner th- see things from a different way um, that is huge to be able to have people that can actually feel comfortable enough yep. to say hey you haven't thought about this. This is going to be really important. And then being open to to that 100%. debate. Hundred percent. That's a big. That's that's always where the pride comes in. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's awesome. So, uh, in in some one of the things that I, I I think is pretty notable that you you've been involved with at your current role with Atrium Health is. I, I don't even know, and you you know this, I'm sure, but how long was the organization known as Carolina's Healthcare Systems? Yeah, so, I mean, back in uh, almost 80 years ago, uh, um, Charlotte Memorial was was started, um, and and then it had a series of small name change, things like that. So it's been Carolina's Healthcare System uh, for a while, yeah. and everybody become accustomed to that. Yeah, 
And, I, and that's that's like a, I mean, you talk about a branding change. Yes. That's it was massive. It was massive, and and you know, and and that was a that was a good example of not only internally because we we had done a lot of stuff to make people feel endeared to Carolina's healthcare system, <laughs> not only internally but our patients, right? Yeah. And so there was that feeling of loss actually um, that was natural, and yeah. we had to acknowledge there was going to be a natural feeling of loss because Carolina's healthcare systems really makes you feel like it's it's local, it's That's right. it's here, and now it's it's not. That's, well, and, and that, that, the yeah, that was the feeling, yep. right? And and some people thought that we had been bought out by Atrium Health. We simply had a name change. That was one of the things we tried to say was while we changed our name, the heart of who we are remains the same, and our mission is still health, hope, and healing for all. And that's a really important thing. We talk about that, and we and and it's something that teammates have. You know, we we always fall back on our mission, sure, because we're a very mission driven organization, and that mission is massive. Uh, for pretty much all the decisions we make as well. That's why we actually changed the name. Yeah. Is because when we had to, we're talking about Navison Health, they were joining us down in, in Georgia. It's really hard for a system outside of the Carolinas <laughs> to really say, yes, I want to be part of the Carolinas healthcare <laughs> system. And that was part of it. Yeah, it, it kind of limits your, your reach there. So um, I, I'm in the middle of a book right now called Traction. Um, and one of the things that they talk about is that most people, it takes them seven times to hear something before they actually engage yep. with it. You've, you've, you've heard this Absolutely. before. What are your thoughts on that and how, do, how have you applied that? I think that's right. I think, uh, I don't know about the exact number, seven or whatever. It, I think the concept goes back to that's why you have to have a, a, a matrix of ways to share that information, whether it's through videos, whether it's a simple, just um, a click of, you know, um, you know, a self video that you send out to everybody. Um, right now, one of the things I just started actually at Atrium Health because we're always trying to improve is uh, I started doing this thing called Teal Talk. Our colors are teal, um, and it's like real talk. So basically, I go out with a with a basically uh, my iPhone, yeah, and we film little small segments with leaders about important topics that are things that they have questions about, and they're not the easiest topics to talk about, yeah. But I'll interview them for a quick like three four minutes about things, and that way we send that out to everybody because it's another way that people can learn about stuff that they. But but that is one more mechanism, um, other than the emails, other than the internet, other than whatever else we're doing, sure. to make sure that that message is out there. So as many ways and different ways of communicating that same information, huge fan of. Awesome, Chris. I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, we're 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 well at our point. Um, I really appreciate you coming in today. I've learned a lot. Um, I know that it's been beneficial for our our listeners and our viewers. It's something that we want to try to do every single week is bring some valuable and tactical content um, for them. So I think I think we have uh, done that today, and I really appreciate you coming here for that. If this is your first time listening or watching, uh, we've got a lot of these out there. That we've got twenty five episodes um, on our podcast channel, and you can find all of that information at lockdoc.net slash podcast. You can subscribe there on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, any of those uh, outlets that you're listening to podcasts, you can subscribe to that and check that out. The full season one with 20 episodes are there. We're really excited. We've got a lot of great guests coming up this year. Um, we've got a full schedule. It's, it's being built as we speak, and we're really excited about our guest next week is going to be Andy Hummel uh, from Asa Abla in Medico, and it's going to be a really cool conversation talking about business KPIs uh, and metrics and how they're utilizing that in their sales uh, team. So we'll be talking with him next week. Uh, but for now, we appreciate you being here, and we look forward to seeing you next week here on The Coffee Break. To learn more about the topics discussed today and to connect with us online to hear all of the episodes available, visit lockdoc.net slash podcast.
got so much to say, we got a podcast to make, we're sipping on lattes, and it's time for a coffee break, it's time for a coffee break, The Coffee Break Podcast is brought to you by LockDock Security. We'd love to connect with you online on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Just search L-O-C-D-O-C-I-N-C. 